Welcome to Musicians vs. the World, the podcast where we explore aspects of music and musician life that may not have been covered in music school. I am your host, Christine Smith. Today, we are going to dive into the world of film and television scoring. My guest is award-winning composer Sandro Morales Santoro. He's going to guide us through his creative process of collaboration and creativity as he composes scores for film and television productions. And he is kind enough to be joining us from his studio in Los Angeles. Now a little bit about Sandro. He is an award-winning Venezuelan composer based in Los Angeles. He graduated summa cum laude from the Berklee College of Music in Boston in 2009, and since then has developed a prolific career as a composer in Los Angeles. Sandro specializes in music for film and television, as well as interactive and new media. His most recent scoring projects include National Geographic's Restaurants at the End of the World. His skills as a composer are evident throughout his lush orchestral scores, which are always infused with hints of his diverse upbringing and culture. His eclectic style is the result of his journey as a musician, going from popular and folk music in Venezuela to a classical music education to jazz and electronic influences during his studies in the U.S. So, Sandro, thank you so much for being here and welcome to Musicians vs. the World. Thank you so much for having me, Christine. I, I love your show, so it's a huge pleasure to be here. I'm so glad. I just appreciate you taking the time to, to talk with me. You are living the life that so many musicians just dream of living to be able to compose music and be creative and to help set that to film and to TV. Is that something you've always wanted to do? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think like uh, my, my music life started <laughs> very, very young and um, I started playing drums and then very early on took on the, the piano just as a way to like yeah. play music for my family and, you know, like transcribe songs that I liked. And, you know, I had the, the dream that most musicians have at first of like having a band and like touring the world and being, <laughs> I don't know, like Nirvana or Guns N' Roses or something like that. <laughs> but um, as I matured, you know, I mean, still like being a teenager, I started thinking about like, you know, I'm, I'm from Maracay, you know, it's a small city in Venezuela. So like this whole thing seemed so surreal and out of reach. And and I, I don't know, like I, I started falling in love with film music, you know, as as a yeah. as, as something that that still felt far, but but something that that seemed more like a like a steady job, you know, like something that you okay. would like <laughs> wake up every day and do and like, you know, it depended more on you, it seemed, you know, from Maracay that that it was more it was sort of easier. And I, and I think, yeah, in a way, it's easier to to achieve in a way than, than being like a pop superstar or something like that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but yeah, still, still it's, not easy. It's still not easy. It's, <laughs> as I've learned through the years, you know, it takes a lot of a lot of study and a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, I mean, it quickly, it started like that and then it just took over me, you know, like, as I realized how much influence uh, music has on on the audience, you know, emotionally for right. for a film, and and I, I found out about John Williams, you know, that uh, how we all of us have his lush and majestic melodies, you know, engraved mm -hmm. in our brains, whether we know it or not, you know, whether we are musicians or not. So um, it, it was that, and then on on the video game side. I don't know, Final Fantasy and all these like Japanese games. And it was it was a huge influence. And it just I felt completely in love. And that dream of being a, a, a rock or pop star like disappeared very quickly. <laughs> and I was like, you know, this is what I want to do. You know, I'm going to do everything I can to to achieve it. And it's it's been a long road from 
I became a lawyer in Venezuela. At first. Really? Yes. You know, while I studied music and orchestration and, and composition and all this, you know, my, my family, they're all lawyers. So, you know, when I graduated <laughs> high school, they were like, you're going to do what? You know, write music <laughs> for film? Like, I mean, you know where you're, where you're, where you're at? It's like, there's no way that's going to happen. Like, just go do law or something, you know, regular, oh like, God. you know, safe, quote unquote. And, and that's what I, what I did, you know, but I kept playing, I kept studying, I kept studying piano, I studied composition, all of that that I already mentioned. And eventually, when I graduated, I worked for a little bit. I had a car. I had stuff that I could sell, you know, and also got a scholarship and went to Berklee College of Music. And yeah, from there, wow. you know, it's it's been, you know, working hard to to get to this point and, and, and move forward. Um, I love it that being a lawyer was your backup. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, not the easiest choice. <laughs> like you picked like two of the most difficult career paths. I know, I know. It was sort of, you know, like um luckily back home it's like you can go straight from high school to law school. Oh yeah. Uh so like you don't you don't have to do anything in between, but but still it was five years of law. <laughs> so it was a yeah. lot. It was a lot, but I did have time to keep studying music and, and I kept writing and learning. So so yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a little bit off topic, but your background in law, does that help when you're dealing with contracts and when you're yes. signing? Yeah, it does. It does. Like I, I can't, I mean, you know, it, it's law in Venezuela is different than, than in the U.S., mm -hmm. but it does give me a certain knowledge that's been helpful. You know, like I, I'm lucky to say in my experience here in, in L.A., you know, I've been here for 13 years. It, there's been like a couple of instances where, where I've seen an agreement where it's like, you know, there's some not completely good faith intent. Um, mm. And I've been able to spot it and, and just and just talk about it, you know. And, and it also taught me about, because of where I come from and everything that I went through and all of that, it's put me in a position where, like, from very early on, I want to, I feel like I, I can ask for things, like have requirements for, for me to work on, on a project, you know. So, like, I, I've always been able to, to negotiate a, an agreement from a, from a position of like knowing the law and knowing what what is fair and also just being old enough and mature enough to say, you know, like, oh, this is not for me and just like walking away if people are not being fair, you know, so right. in that way, it's been helpful. Right. Because yeah. I know that film music can be very, very hard and challenging when it comes to getting the things that you need to That's survive. True. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's great that you have that background Thank to help you. you. <laughs> so do you remember what your first composing job was? For sure. Also related to, to Venezuela, to my, my, my country of origin. When I graduated Berkeley in 09, you know, moved in the middle of the year to, to L.A. I didn't know many people here, but I knew about a composer, a Venezuelan composer by the name of Alec Alvarez. Super talented composer. Uh, he just scored a, a show about soccer, about the Super League for Apple TV. And I didn't know him personally, but he was my, my reference. And as soon as I got here, and I knew he also went to Berkeley. So we had a couple of things in common. You know, so I got here. I, I had some friends working as assistants here, but, but then I, I just went to his website and filled his form, contact form and said, you know, hey, I'm Sandra Morales. I'm from Venezuela. I went to Berkeley as well. 
I just want to meet you. You know, I want to I want to pick your brain and see how you did it and did what you are doing. And 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 you know, and and he was super helpful. Like he reached out a couple of days later, and he was like, for sure, you know, I want to meet you. Uh, I'm a little swamped right now, but I have. I have this project, you know, like right off the bat. He's like, yeah, I have a documentary that I'm scoring and I have uh, someone helping me write some of the music and like, do you want to like demo for it and see if, if you can be a good fit for it? And I did that and he liked what I sent and, and I just started a couple, maybe a couple of months. I, I've been here in LA and, and he just hired me to, to do music for, for that show. And it's great, you know, like there's this thing called, you know, additional music, you know, it's like when composers who are working on a project need help from other composers, you know, and they, they mm -hmm. if, you, if you're working with the right composer who's fair and, and who wants to mentor you and all of that, it's a great way because you, you can, it's a safe space where you can make mistakes and there's this mm. other more experienced composer who will help you. Uh, while they're paying you for their work, you know, they help you, they, they mentor you, they tell you how to produce things and mix and, and you can learn from them how to navigate, you know, notes from the producers and how to work with a director and, you know, navigate all of the politics of, of all of that, that part of the, of the job that it's so important. And, and I'm happy to say, you know, after that project, you know, it's been Elik and many other composers that I've worked with uh, through the years. And, and now, you know, Elik and I have shared the, the, the credit as composers for many projects. You know, we, we have a documentary coming out in a few months called Paragold about the, uh, a few, you know, American athletes, Paralympic athletes trying to make it to the Paralympics in Tokyo. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful story. And many, you know, we, we did a couple of Venezuelan films and, you know, we worked together a lot. And he's a dear friend of mine. So, yeah, it was a, it's a happy story. <laughs> that is a happy story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's so many there's so many sad stories of, of people taking years to get where you were. I mean, and I think that just shows the value of just reaching out and making friends and making connections. It, it does. It does. And I always tell people when they first get here, like, try to build a network. For, for various reasons. I found that a lot of those people that, that I reached out to became my friends, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that's something we all need first and foremost. You know, we're human beings. We need an outlet. We need to, you know, have people to talk to, people who understand what we're going through and the difficulties of this career, you know. So, like, I was able to build a community through just reaching out to people. And, and those people, if they were composers, you know, they... They became, in some cases, mentors. Some of them hired me to do stuff, and some of them just became friends. Even though, mm -hmm. even if we didn't work together, they did become friends, and that was just as valuable, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think that collaboration is such a wonderful thing when you are working together because you have your background, your history, and your kind of musical language, and then theirs, and then the directors, and all of you work together to make this, you know, beautiful project like your Paralympic documentary that's right that's right we all we all have different backgrounds and different even Alec and I you know we're from the same country and our backgrounds as as musicians uh, and as composers are, are are very different and we we've found that when we work together we can complement each other you know mm -hmm. yeah I love that I think that's such a such a beautiful thing it's such a beautiful thing that music can do is when you work together something just so magical happens sometimes that is true so, so many musicians and composers and performers alike, they, they work really hard on finding their voice, you know, their special voice. What do you think that means? How did you find yours? 
I think it's one of the most difficult things. In my experience, talking to many composer friends, it's like most of us have, have a hard time getting to that place mm -hmm. because like when you get started, especially like filmmakers who are also starting out, they shoot a short film and they wanted, you know, the score that, you know, from Inception, from, you know, Hans Zimmer. And someone was, oh, I need, I need this to sound like Michael Giacchino in this movie and I need this to sound like John Williams in that movie. And then you, you feel a sort of pressure to to just deliver that kind of music you know mm -hmm. and 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 it's hard and then, then you're like okay i'm gonna find my voice eventually and you know and and it doesn't happen i feel like it doesn't happen naturally unless you really work on it you know and oh, okay i a few years ago i i could see how there was there was something about me imprinted into like any kind of score i did you know to a christmas movie yeah there was a little bit of 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 my Venezuelan bringing of you know there was something in the harmonies there was something in the way I would structure melodies that I didn't realize at the moment when I was writing the music but then like I could hear it after everything was done you know for a project so yeah I mean I, I would say as, as advice you know like try to find what what makes you unique and don't be afraid to use it you know for me it's it's Venezuela you know I I love orchestral music and I love synthesizers And then, you know, there's, there are certain elements from, from Venezuelan folk music that are part of me. And um, I can play the Venezuelan cuatro, that's a traditional instrument. And I can play the ronroco, which is uh, not Venezuelan, but it's part of uh, South American musical culture. So, you know, if, if sometimes it's, it's adding those elements into my scores. And sometimes it's just, again, about the melodies and the, and the way the harmonies work that I can bring those elements and make it feel you know, ethnically ambiguous, not necessarily of, of a place. And I think like a, a great example of that, that most people are familiar with right now is like Gustavo Santolaya's score for The Last of Us. Mm. And it's, a, it's a huge show. And he uses the ronroco, which is a very South American, you know, Andean instrument in a way, in a, in a story that doesn't have a lot to do with the Andes or South America, you know? So, yeah. and, and it, feel, it just feels nostalgic. And it feels very organic and very, very rich and beautiful and connected to this story. I mean, I listen to it. It's like a very South American piece of music, you know, the main title. But in the context of the show, it just it just moves you and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take you to a specific location. You know? Yeah, it just it just works, right? It just works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. on the flip side of that, your upcoming project of restaurants mm -hmm. at the end of the world, mm -hmm. you are trying to bring in parts that remind people of different areas and different cultures. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So yeah. it's uh, it's four episodes and uh, this first season. And yeah, one of them is in Panama, one in Maine, one in Brazil, and one in Norway. Yeah, those are very, very different. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so what sort of things did you do to help set the scene and, and build that world of these different parts of the of the world? Well, I, I mean, I was lucky also to have an amazing collaborator in uh, David Benjamin Steinberg. We mm -hmm. co-wrote the score for, for these four episodes. Um, and also, it, it, he's also like someone like, like Alec that, that I've been in touch with and worked with and became my friend since 2009 when I got to L.A. And, and luckily, you know, we continue to work together. Um, and also, we had an amazing partner in the director of all four episodes, Jeremy Simmons. You know, we've worked with him in the past in many projects, and and he's just a brilliant filmmaker. And he also he gave us the the liberty of 
I mean, his notes were literally like, you know, try to put us in these locations with the music, but also like take liberties to represent the, the personality of, for instance, our, our main host, Kristen Kish, who I'm a fan of. Uh, mm -hmm. She's an amazing chef and a super energetic, charismatic personality. She makes this show, you know, what it is, you know, a lot yeah. of fun. And then just also like each individual uh, chef from each one of those, uh, of those countries that, that she visits. So, yeah, I mean, all that to say... We, we went with like some traditional rhythms from, from the locations. For instance, in Panama, you know, we, we were able to work with like cumbia and other like, you know, Panamanian sounds. Panama is also like Venezuela influenced by the Caribbean. So we, mm. we took the liberty of bringing some Caribbean styles as well. And, you know, Calypso and other things. Uh, also worked with South American uh, performers like Ana Paula Rincones was an incredible flute player. She played South American flutes as well as just like regular flute, bass flute, alto flute. And we also had an amazing uh, percussion player from, from South America called Jonathan Gaviria, who's a great friend of mine. He's an expert on South American styles. So, you know, he was the, the, the go-to person to like, hey, I have this thing that I did with my guitar and synthesizers. Like, how can we make it more at home in Panama or in Brazil? And he would have like all of the right instruments and right rhythms. So he was super, super helpful. And then, you know, yeah. David is just, is just a brilliant composer as well. He's American bass roots in Panama. So he was also a great asset when, when we were trying to figure out, you know, what kind of music was right for that country. Yeah. What did you do for Maine? For Maine, uh, we went a little more, <laughs> more, like, more, more Americana, I guess. Like, yeah. I know, I'm like, what did you do for that? <laughs> yeah, we went, we went more Americana and and more more traditional traditional scoring in general. Oh, okay. Yeah, but okay. we did, you know, like we, we did have, you know, the acoustic guitar and okay. like an upright piano, like making it feel like home, you know, like because yeah. it's, it's like a, the, the restaurant that she visited, it's, it's more like a barn, it's like... Uh, this farm um, and they do everything in in house. It, it, it's it's just a beautiful place and I don't know. That's what really felt at home there. But also, you know, the score has like orchestral music, uh, you know, mm -hmm. like big action uh, stuff and you know epic music. And it also has like we tried to like canalize like Kristen's uh, personality with more modern indie rock and you know yeah. guitars and drums. So. It, it was a lot of fun. Like, honestly, it's been one of the, the most fun projects I've worked on because sometimes, like, because it, it's very location-specific, we, we could have been put in, the in a box mm -hmm. by the production, but we di they didn't. They were just like, you know, like, be conscious of where you're at and you, you have to have some music from those places, but feel free to just be yourself and, like, try to just do music that feels right for this and make it fun, and, and we had a lot of fun making it. Wow. Yeah. They put so much trust in you to just say, here, have freedom. Yeah, they, they did. They did. And I feel like that's so important because when you, you're given that kind of freedom is when, when you really get to shine, you get to experiment and you get to create scores that you never even knew were in you. you know? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Now, for people who are not composers, who don't, maybe they just enjoy the music from the movie, but they don't really know how it gets where it is. What's kind of the process where you come in? 
Like sure. when in the whole like post-production process does the composer come in? For sure. So, I mean, it, it varies, you know, from project to project. In, in film, a, a lot of the time you're brought in very late. You know, they, they, they are already editing, and that's when they start looking for, for a composer. In TV, like in the case of Restaurants at the Edge of the World, we were brought in very, very early. Uh, Jeremy Simmons, luckily, you know, we worked with him as a director, you know, in many, many uh, shows. So he has a lot of trust in us. Mm-hmm. And he's very musical and he has a great musical taste. So he'll he'll send us like references and then he'll want even like rough cuts of the episodes. Just want us to like bring music in from like other projects that we've done with him sometimes. Uh, he's like, if you have the time and, you know, you can start like writing to this, just go for it. And we when we did it, you know, so... The, the way we work is like we usually, even if, if it's that early, we try to have a spotting session with the director, mm-hmm. which means, you know, sitting down with the director, the, the two of us composers, and, and just making notes, you know, going through the episode, uh, whatever state it is, you know, rough cut to lock cut, and just like going scene by scene. This scene, you know, it's funny and blah, 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 and it works great, and the dialogue and everything's there. Okay, let's not touch that. Let's go to the next one. And then, oh, this one, is, it's going to be great if we do this epic score because they're in, the, in a boat in the Arctic, you know, like whatever, you know. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and if, if we see ways that we can elevate what's already in screen, which we, with Jeremy and World of Wonder Productions is, is always, you know, brilliant. So if we, we have ways to like elevate it and make it even more fun and, and, uh, and moving or whatever the situation is, we'll, we'll go for it. Um, mm-hmm. And once we have that roadmap or blueprint of what we're going to do, we, we just, uh, you know, David has his own studio. I have my studio here. Sometimes he's working on something, on a scene. I'm working on another one. We, we trade and then I record some stuff for his scene. He'll record stuff for mine. And we'll, it's a back and forth. You know, sometimes we, he comes over and we do stuff here together. And I go there, like, if, especially if we're, if we're stuck with something, you know, like we'll, We'll just help each other in that way, and 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 it's great because because we we you know working like that like like you said at the beginning you know like collaborating is is a way to come up with with music that you wouldn't be able to um, on your own you know mm-hmm. yeah 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 so you come up with this how much time did you get for this for this project I yeah we did um be, especially because we were brought in uh, early like in, in, mm-hmm. in while they were still cutting we got to like play around with uh, with a rough cut and write some music and luckily most of it worked for Jeremy and worked for the episode some of it sometimes doesn't you know you it's part of experimenting right <laughs> and uh, but it's great because uh yeah Jeremy got gets to here and he's like, okay, I, I like more of this kind of stuff. And oh, this indie rock thing you did here for Kristen, how about we make that sort of a theme for her? You know, so like mm. we start discovering themes for for our characters and start to like figure, I mean, there's a lot of open shots and, you know, aerial shots of, of these beautiful countries. So starting to like realize what what works for the show, what Jeremy is connecting with. Um, and what the production with National Geographic and all of them, what they connect with, what they think of of the kind of music that should be playing in, in every different kind of situation. And and once we have that, it's mostly, yeah, it's just it's just writing and writing music. You know, it's it's four, you know, one one hour episodes and it's pretty much wall to wall music. So so it's wow. just it's just 
working on it and it's a rough cut you know things get moved around scenes become longer some become shorter so it's about like going back in making sure that everything conforms to the new picture and then making sure like we're hitting the right the right moments still Mm -hmm. and and um yeah i feel like all in all it was at least a six month period you know process oh yeah 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 that's nice in, in that in that process we're working on other projects and you know uh there are other things happening for sure, but still, you know, we, we, it's great. I mean, that's, that's the way I like to work, you know, like be brought in early, have a chance to experiment, to make mistakes, mm-hmm. to figure out what works and then slowly, you know, getting there, you know, putting the pieces together and, you know, working closely with the director. Cause in that, in that way, also like the director who has so much pressure, Right. I mean, in, in TV in general, like you tend to deal with a more like a showrunner or a producer but in this case, you know, Jeremy, like he's, it's, he's his baby, you know, this project and and he directed all four episodes. So we wow. were always, you know, in constant touch with him. And mm-hmm. and because we had time, you know, he, he was able to, you know, give us the time to like to to work together and, you know, and, and yeah, make it what it became. Right. And then when you have that time, things can marinate and it's not a rushed project. It's like fully fleshed out and. Exactly. Yeah, you get a chance to really work things. Yeah, no, you 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 write something and then you listen to it a couple months later and you're like, oh, how about we bring in you know this musician and we add this live thing and I think it's it's going to help and and yeah, it it gives us time to just like you said, like just let things marinate, simmer, and then just make changes. <laughs> Hopefully, make make things better and and more special. Yeah. yeah. That's great. So you're still able to perform on your soundtracks, right? And on your scores, you're recording. So, you yeah. know, watch out Nirvana. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah, we're, we're, li- we're living in exciting times for composers. You know, like you see these days, you know, Danny Elfman and Hans Zimmer and John Williams still, you know, mm-hmm. make, you know, with their concerts all over the world. I mean, right. one can only dream of like having a project that that people connect with so much that you get to like tour and and play. Yeah, that would be a dream come true for sure. <laughs> Wouldn't that? That would be amazing. Would be, yeah. But everyone's going to be able to hear your music and connect with it on TV with streaming because this is um, National Geographic. But I saw some. Is it connected with Disney Plus too? Or? Yeah, it's uh, so they, they, they premiere an episode on National Geographic and the next day it's on Disney Plus. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be able to connect with so many people and they're going to be able to you know, really immerse themselves in that world and in that culture through the food and through the visual and then, you know, through the music. I think it's just incredible. For sure. That that's the hope. And it's a it's a beautiful show, you know. Uh for the music and for everything else, everything, you know, the whole crew is 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 incredible. And Kristen is is an amazing host and I I hope people watch it and, and have fun with it. So you are absolutely just living what so many young musicians want to do. They want to be able to really create and to do something, you know, that really brings people together and helps people to feel emotions. What advice do you have for upcoming musicians or upcoming composers that want to be doing what you're doing? I think um, there's so many <laughs> so many things that I could say for sure. Um, I feel like first and foremost, re- remember that you that you are a human being. You know your career is important, but make sure you're taking care of yourself. Mm. Um, I've seen so many people struggle with mental health and with loneliness in this city. You know, being a composer is it can be a lonely job. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, work 
on your community first and foremost. You know, make sure you make friends, make sure you, you're connecting with other human beings. Because when you do that, uh, I, in my experience, the rest just comes, you know, naturally. Here in LA, it's, you know, even like my, my neighbors are the director and the next, you know, a couple of houses over is a writer for TV. And, you know, it's like organically, you're going to meet people who work in the industry, people who, who can lift you up. So, you know, make sure, you know, you're taking care of yourself first and your, your health, your mental health, and then care about the rest. And specifically uh, about being a, a film composer, I felt that, you know, don't forget about uh, what you mentioned, you know, like finding your own voice, making sure you're, you're working towards discovering what makes you unique, you know, what makes your music unique, what makes you you. Because that's what's going to set you apart from, from the rest. I've learned, you know, uh, the, the hard way, you know, in a, in, a, in a way, like that once you discover that and you start exploiting that and you start like really consciously imprinting your voice into the music you write, whatever the, the genre, whatever the style, whatever the project is, once you are, you're able to, to have a, a recognizable voice, that's what's going to get you hired. That's what's going to mm. make people say, okay, this is a score by, by this composer, then, then this, that's the sound that I want. That's what I want to hear. So, you know, make sure you're working towards that. Discover who, what makes you you as a writer, as a musician, and, and, just, and just hone those skills. And, and yeah, make sure that your imprint is part of your music every single time. That's fantastic. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and bringing us into your your composing world and letting us know a little bit about your process and what wonderful things that can happen when we all work together. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you again, Christine. Uh, amazing to be here, to be to have been a part of this. And, uh, and yeah, hope you have me over again sometime. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Come back anytime. It's been such for a sure. pleasure chatting with you. Same, same here. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today on the Musicians vs. the World podcast in my conversation with award-winning composer Sandro Morales Santoro. You can find his latest work, Restaurants at the End of the World, on Disney Plus and NationalGeographic.com or on National Geographic's YouTube channel. If you'd like to hear more of Sandro's beautiful music, you can find it on his website, SandroMorales.com. I do need to mention one thing. We usually like to feature our guests' music on this program, However, we could not share Sandra's music due to copyright reasons. So what you're hearing right now is not his music, it's mine. Sorry about that. Please be sure to click on the links in the show notes to get to his website and to hear his beautiful compositions. I'll have links to everything we've talked about today on our website, frostedlens.com slash musicians versus the world. Musicians versus the world is a production of Frosted Lens Entertainment in conjunction with Smith Sound Music. This episode was produced by Russ Wilkes and was hosted and edited by me, Christine Smith. We appreciate the nice notes and messages we are getting from you, and we read every single one of them. If you'd like to reach out to us with suggestions, questions, or just to say hi, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook, or you can email us at info at Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day.